guys, it's Elrod from Blast from the Past. Today, I'm going to give you a podcast on Daryl Hall and John Oates. Stay tuned. Let's get started. Now, I have to let you know, as I did my research for Hall and Oates, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed doing research on them because first of all, I didn't realize how many hits they had. And secondly, they are great guys. You will find out. Anyway, Hall and Oates are an American pop rock duo formed in 1970 in Philadelphia. Daryl Hall is generally the lead vocalist. John Oates primarily plays electric guitar and provides backing vocals. The two of them are responsible for writing all their songs. Hall began performing professionally while he was a student at Temple University in Philadelphia. In 1966, he recorded a single with Kenny Gamble and the Romanos. Excuse me, the Romeos. This group became the Soul of Philly. Then in 1967, Hall met John Oates, who was also a student at Temple University. Oates had his own soul band at the time that they met. The two realized that they had a lot of similar taste and they began performing together in an array of R&B and doo-wop groups. By 1968, the two parted ways. No hard feelings, they just moved on. Hall was briefly in a band called The Gullivers, which broke up. Then he concentrated on session work again and did backup singing for bands such as The Stylistics, The Delaphonics, and many others. In 1969, Hall and Oates began working together again. They began writing folk-oriented songs and performed together. They got the attention of Tommy Motola, who became their manager, and he secured them a duo contract with Atlantic Records. On their first records, they were trying to establish their sound, and one of their producers was Todd Rundgren. I don't know if you remember from my Todd Rundgren podcast, but he was a very talented, talented musician, artist, and producer. So they were lucky to have him. Then they decided to remove their folk from their music. And in 1974, they relocated from Philly to New York. And during this time, they had the hit, She's Gone, and here it is. takes me back to seventh grade.
She's gone. Then in nineteen seventy five, they moved to RCA Records and released a successful mixture of pop and rock with the song. Sarah Smile. It scored on the top 10 charts. Shortly, I'll give you the story behind the song. When you feel you can't go on, I'll come 
Okay, during the time that Hall and Oates were producing this album, known as the Silver Album, because of its glam rock style cover, Hall's girlfriend, Sarah, was living with them. Now, John Oates had introduced them years earlier. She was a friend of John Oates, and um, she was a, um, a stewardess. And anyway, Hall and his girlfriend actually had a relationship that lasted over 30 years. And he says he was, he was inspired enough by her to write a song about her. And um, it was a song that came completely from his heart. And he said that sometimes when he was on the road, and at this time they weren't really making any money, and they were staying in dumpy hotels, and he would think of her, and he missed her incredibly. And so the song is about his girlfriend, Sarah. Then in 1976, they had the album Bigger Than Both of Us, which was only moderately successful. However, in 1977, they had their first number one single with Rich Girl. You're a rich girl and you're going too far cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far cause you know it Okay, that song has an interesting story behind it also. Rich Girl is what he used for the song, but it was actually about a rich guy. Hall's girlfriend at the time, Sarah, who he wrote Sarah Smile for, had an old boyfriend that she was still in touch with, and he was the heir of a fast food fortune. And when Hall met him, he said, 
he acted very spoiled and irritating. So he wrote the song about a rich guy, actually. Then in between 1977 and 1980, they had some minor hits. Nevertheless, they were more adventurous and incorporated rock elements into their blue-eyed soul. The combination finally paid off in 1980 when they released Voices, a self-produced album. This marked the beginning of their greatest commercial artistic success. They did a remake of The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Love and Feeling, which reached number 12. And on that same album, they had the number one single, Kiss on My List. was followed by another hit which hit number five and that song is dreams come true actually it's called you make my dreams come true
Guys, I'm sorry. I can't play all of their songs because they have a lot. In 1981, they released two number one hits, Private Eyes and I Can't Go For That. Now here's, I can't go for that. This song spent a week at the top of the R&B charts.
They had another top hand hit, which was called Did It In A Minute. Then in 1982, they had even more success with their biggest hit ever, Maneater. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was followed by two more top hits, top 10 hits. Family Man and One-on-One. -on -one. Guys, sorry, but we're not going to listen to those two songs because they still have others we have to listen to. The duo released a greatest hits compilation called Rock and Soul Part One, and that featured two new top hits. One was Say It Isn't So, and one was Adult Education.
So in 1984, the Recording Industry Association of America announced Hollow Notes had surpassed the Everly Brothers as the most successful duo in rock history. They earned a total of 19 gold platinum awards. Released in October of 1984, Big Bamboom expanded their number of gold and platinum awards selling over 2 million copies. And they had another number one single, Out of Touch. See, I told you they had a lot, a lot of hits. After this, the duo went on a hiatus, and then they got back together in 1988 and recorded and released Oh Yeah. The single Everything Your Heart Desires went to number three. It helped prop the album to platinum status. Then from 1990 to 2003, they released a few more albums that did okay. In 2006, they produced a CD and DVD live at the Troubadour. And then they released a few more albums that kind of staggered. Then in 2010, the duo were both active together and separately. Several Hollow Notes tours were mounted and they performed together on American Idol and The Voice. In 2014, they were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, fun fact about them, Remember I was saying they were cool? So, Hall says that him and Oates were friends before they were partners. He says they were like brothers and feels they're like family. When they aren't performing and they don't see each other at all because they live in different parts of the country. But their individual lives are so busy and active that they keep busy with their families. But when they're together, their music just feels good and everything falls into place. The cool thing about them is that 
most bands have jealousies and argues, arguments and they split up and they have a lot of uh, animosity towards each other. But Hall says that him and Oates never really had a fight. They have always respected each other and they know how to deal with each other ever since they were teenagers when they met in college. And to this friend, excuse me, to this day, they are still friends. And, as a matter of fact, they are touring as of today. Well, I hope you liked the tidbits on Hall & Oates. Elrod is signing off.